Hello, I'm Dan Aykroyd, and welcome to this fine motion picture emporium. It's nice to know you're here tonight, rather than at home shoving cheap little plastic cartridges into cheap imported video systems that keep you and your family hostage in your own home or apartment. Now, let's face it, big screen entertainment is what it's all about. We've enjoyed it for years. Movies are great. There's nothing like a good movie, or even a bad one for that matter. How you doing? 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 Hey, welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come aside, come aside. I am Joe Spiegel. Mike Sutherland. (laughs) He's Mike Sutherland. Yeah, how you doing, buddy? Good. All right, man. Congratulations on your uh, Patriots uh, making it to the Super Bowl again. God damn it. Yeah, it's... um they keep they're just breaking records all over the place. Yeah, I, I look. I'm not a Patriots fan, man, but I, I give credit where credit is due, and they're fucking a badass team. So, yep. Um, I just want I I don't want to spend too much time on this. Yeah. Um, obviously, everyone that knows me knows I'm a fucking homer, and yeah, it's exciting. But Atlanta's got a potent offense. Uh-huh. However, and I've been saying this consistently throughout the year. You have to put up 30 points. And if you look at the last two games, even then, even that won't stop the Patriots from winning. Yeah. Because they've scored 34 and 36. Uh-huh. Especially they scored 36 against Pittsburgh, and it, they didn't even look like they were trying. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to put up 30-plus points against a defense that only allowed no more than 17 points during the regular season and pretty much – 17 points through the playoffs. Yeah. They are the number one defense when it comes to points allowed and number one against the run. I don't know. Overall, they were like number three. It, it, everyone's saying Houston was number one defense, whatever. Everybody had the number one defense well, look, in the league. Apparently. Now there's only two teams left. So Yeah. <laughs> but good on Atlanta, man. I mean, Julio Jones and, and uh, oh, I can't remember. They've got a couple of weird uh, Sanu. Yeah, every time I hear him, I think of uh, Supreme Court Court Justice Sununu. I don't know. Yeah, and uh, but they got Julio Jones and Sanu and and Matt and um, these guys. These guys are fucking really good. But they put up forty four points against Green Bay, who's anemic at best. I mean, they were completely injured. They were using second and third string players. Yeah, in some cases. And Green Bay got by Dallas on the skin of their teeth. So, and it should have been, honestly, I mean, Dallas gave 21 points to Green Bay in that game. Mm-hmm. But Dallas should have won. Whatever happened to Dallas, you know, they weren't ready. Their, you know, their defense is, was suspect, and Aaron Rodgers exploited it. Yeah. But then you have, then they, then they played Atlanta, and we saw what happened. Again, injuries and stuff like that, if... Green Bay were not injured. Yeah, I think the turnout would have been different. It do, I mean, I would still would have gone for Atlanta, but it wouldn't have been forty-four. Well, points. look what Pittsburgh did to the to Kansas City Chiefs, and yeah. then, and then look and then look what the Patriots did to the to the Steelers. Yeah. So, I want the Patriots to win, but from this point forward, I do not talk Patriots football. Superstition. Oh, good to know. So. All right, so, by the way, this is our Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage episode. 
We'll be talking about that fine piece of cinematic engineering, as well as my flick of the week, which is going to be the 2011 film The Beaver, and yours. <laughs> the Beaver. Yeah. God damn it, that makes me fucking laugh. It. Yeah. The the, the movie will too. Uh, go ahead. Um, Runaway, the 1984 film starring Gene Simmons, Anne Marie uh, Martin, Tom Selleck, and Cynthia Rhodes. Hey, that kind of looks like Tom Selleck. <laughs> all right. Oh, shit. I, I remember that cover. Yeah. Okay. All right. I Michael, never. Michael Crichton directed it. That's right. Didn't he direct uh, Westworld as well, the original? Yeah. And he wrote, the, he wrote it. I but... think, yeah. Didn't he stop directing because he didn't like the Hollywood system? I don't know. And he just said, you know, fuck, I'm just going to write stuff. I don't know. I think that's what it, what happened. Probably. Anyway. Um, all right. So, and then uh, we'll talk about uh, Oscar and Razzie nominations are in. Uh, talk about some Godzilla Part 2 news, Alien 5 news, Logan Trailer 2, and a trailer for a movie called Colossal, which I wanted to get on uh, for a moment to talk about. And the new Star Wars title. And yeah, we'll 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 break down. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll break down what it means. We'll break down those three words, or according to Mike, those five words. <laughs> those five words and a color. That's right, two colors, because it's provocative. All right, so all that and more on a on <laughs> Cinescape presents. No. <laughs> You know what I, I I got pissed off um uh, yesterday. I was thinking about this and I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck are we doing? I I wanted to do this because I wanted to do movie. The, the reason why we call this a couple of average Joes is because I want to do things from an average perspective. Right. And we're taking a couple of average Joes away in a way. I mean, not completely, but in a way. So I was wondering. You know, I know I'm I'm bringing this up on the goddamn microphone, but. It's it's a it's a valid point. Cinescape is great, but maybe we should work it in a way though. It's still the the couple average Joes is in there somehow. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> you fuck. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Two tickets to asses of fire, please. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Fucking shit. <laughs> this movie has very naughty language. All right. Uh. So anyway, it, we'll we'll figure that stuff out. So. <laughs> Cinescape movie reviews? Is it Cinescape movie reviews? Cinescape podcast. Yeah, Cinescape movie reviews, Cinescape podcast. Cinescape movie review podcast. And we're just a couple of average Joes sitting here. <laughs> wink, wink. All right. Take it away, Winky. Wink. <laughs> Joe, take it away, Michael Crichton. You goddamn right. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. <laughs> Meanwhile, all right, so it has been almost 15 years in the wait, and finally we get to see Xander Cage return in all of his glory with Triple X, the return of Xander Cage, which I thought that was going to be directed by Rob Cohen, who directed the original Triple X, but he did not come back. I don't even know if he's directing shit anymore. Who? Rob Cohen. He directed the first Fast and Furious movie, and he directed Triple X. 
And then he started doing other things. I don't know what I, I don't remember, but I, don't, I never see Rob Cohen's name anymore. Anyway, I thought he was going to direct this shit, but he didn't. Instead, it was DJ Caruso. Um, DJ Caruso's got a, a long list of shit he's done. I think he's going to be directing um, one of the Star Wars movies. Is he going to be doing uh, Han Solo or Boba Fett? Who? DJ Caruso. Isn't he involved in one way or another with? with well, one of the- I thought I thought the guys that did the Lego movie were doing the Han Solo movie. Miller? Oh, yeah, the Lord Miller. Um, it's possible. I. Anyway, well, fuck it. It doesn't matter. DJ Caruso did this movie, and here we are. We're at Triple X. So. <laughs> what? 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 DJ Caruso did this movie, and so here we are. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me go back to 2002 real quick. I went and saw this the original Triple X, uh, summer 2002, with uh, with the X, uh, you know, monster. And you know, for the time that it came out, yeah, Phil Lord and um, Miller or Lord and Miller are doing the Hans Holland. They're doing the solo project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, it's fine. Um, so yeah, I went and went and saw. I saw the original Triple X in theaters, and you know, for the time that it came out, it was a fun, entertaining movie. But it was there was no like meaning to it. There was no like long lasting awesomeness to it. It just was cool for the time that it came out. That was it, right? Um, then you have what three years later? Oh no, no, no. Let me correct myself. My bad. My bad. Then, when it's announced that Vin Diesel doesn't want to do another Triple X movie, for whatever reason, because he made a lot of odd movie choices uh, w- back in the in the two thousands, it was he picked some weird shit. Okay, uh, and, and you know what? I give him props because he did he did the movies that he <coughs> wanted to do, but he regardless he he's picked some shitty movies you know here and there um i think that's what kept him from being as awesome as he could have been cuz i mean look when he picked pitch black with david chowey fucking awesome all right but then he picks other shit like babylon ad which i i've tried i've tried to give that movie its its chances and it it's just fucking bland and boring and then there's other movies too like you know a man apart and the pacifist and some have a little bit to them but there's nothing there's no staying power with almost any of his movies except those safe ones like the fast and furious series right so he doesn't want to come back to do triple x so what do they do rob cohen doesn't come back either i don't think he did the um state of the union but they have state of the union with with ice cube and look ice cube is is fine to have for for an action movie and and, you know, as long as he's not scowling the whole fucking time, all right, let's do it, right? But then Triple X Day of the Union wasn't that good because guess what? Who wants to watch an action, action movie that, sur- that surrounds a bunch of fucking Congress and House of Representative people? Who gives a shit? Do you give a shit about a bunch of old white dudes in suits? <laughs> no. No, exactly. So, and what do they do? They killed off his character. So then they do this re-release. They do this re-release of the Triple X DVD when when say the union comes out and they have this special short film that came with it and it was called the death of xander cage right and in this video which does not have vin diesel in it it's got a sound bite of him in it but that's it instead they have a stand in play him and it shows it's only like a minute long it shows xander cage roll up to this building he's wearing his famous you know fucking furry jacket he goes into the building and then this guy sets a bomb off. Bomb blows up the whole building. And then the whole chunk of the back of, of Xander's neck that has the triple X tattoo just lands all bloody on top of like a car or Because something. that would happen. 
Yeah. And it was to show that's the death of Xander Cage. And what I'm trying to understand is what was the fucking point of doing that at all? At all? You didn't need to kill off the character. You could have just, maybe you could have mentioned he died, but did you really need to make a short film about it or anything? It, it, it just seemed like, I don't know. It just seemed like a waste of time. So anyway, we finally, we get to this movie, Triple X, you know, uh, The Return of Xander Cage, which I'm pretty sure that the majority of people that like Triple X, 15 years later, do you really give a shit? I don't, I don't, I didn't really give a shit. I Look, the whole premise of Triple X is to have a, a, a fun, extreme, upbeat version of the whole, you know, it's supposed to be the take on the whole James Bond thing, right? The whole spy thing and throw some, you know, over the top fun into it, right? So they have this extreme sports guy, you know, Xander Cage, the right. Xander Zone, have him come into it and then have him do this shit. And then, you know, and he can do stuff that James Bond can't do and blah, 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 right? And it's supposed to be awesome. But here's the thing, man. The actor's 50 years old now, okay? And, and everyone in this movie... And this is what I noticed. This, 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 this is right here. This whole movie to me is masturbation. It is masturbation with attractive-looking people. It's it's people that know they look good, constantly winking at the camera without winking at the camera. That's this movie to me. Is you know, it's like oh, we can do anything we want because we're attractive, and there is some truth to that. There is, but it. it I, I don't want to keep seeing it. I want to see some substance to it. And there's this movie doesn't have that much of a, what you would call substance. Instead, it's just pretty people doing fun things and nodding at the camera. It, it, it's it's like a big music video, you know, with some guns. Does that make sense? Right. And I will get into what my problems with this movie is. Okay. My problem with this movie is it tries to be fast and furious without the emphasis on all the cool cars. It try and I'm talking about the Fast and Furious franchise now. Not the Fast and Furious franchise from 2001 and 2003, you know, and and even Tokyo Drift where it was about fucking cars with a little bit of crime shit involved. I'm talking about this over the top, you know, espionage, traveling the fucking world, you know, stopping this bad thing from happening and oh all of a sudden there's a fucking sub that's showing up in the next Fast and Furious right but let me digress you have this movie that that tries to be another Fast and Furious without those cars and by them throwing this whole ensemble with with Triple uh, X well guess what this is what worked with the the first Triple X the first Triple X worked because he was by himself Okay, he goes to, uh, was it Prague? or It wasn't Prague, but it was somewhere like Prague, okay? Right? And he's by himself, and people recognize him as Xander from the Xander Zone videos. And that's how, that's his end, right? He gets in with, with you know, with uh, Anarchy 99, you know, we kill those guys, we kill these guys, you know, bitches come, right? And that's how it works, is he uses his own charisma, his own personality, and his own... Um, backstory to get in with these guys and that's what that's why the movie works but you now in this movie it's like oh wait the charisma this 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 uh, magnetic charisma of Xander's of Xander Cage isn't enough for to carry another to carry this sequel and now we got to throw in 
we got to throw in this guy and this guy and this guy with him. And I just, to me, it, it felt like that knockoff, that Mission Impossible knockoff. You know, like how Ethan Hunt has to have, you know, Ving Rhames and, and all these other new guys with him, right? To, right. You know, his mission crew, right? He doesn't need these people in this movie. I mean, they make it look like they do, but this movie would have worked better if he only maybe had like a couple contacts instead of actual teammates, you know? Because I think that all these extra people that they throw into it um, takes away from the whole uh, style of Xander being who he is. You know what I mean? Yep. And that that right there, that's the biggest detriment to this film. And then there's all the other little things. Besides, look, an action movie like this, you got to give it some leeway, right? You got to, you got to like, you know, you got to suspend disbelief, right? Because it's over, it's a movie. Okay. And I can give it that. And even a 50 year old guy fucking surf, surf skating down a road in, what was it, Brazil or some shit? Yes. Um, I can give it, I can give that some leeway. Fine, fine, whatever. Because I guarantee you that his character, Xander Cage, is not 50 years old in the movie. He's probably 35 to 40, right? So whatever, then that's fine because he keeps in really good shape. You keep in really good shape, there's things you can do that the average person that age can't do. So all right, I can give it that. But when it comes to things like highly trained tactical teams coming after you and you're standing out in the fucking open firing guns and they're missing you like fucking stormtroopers i got a problem with it <laughs> i've got a problem with um uh retarded uh government agencies that it's like insulting look it's insulting to me as an american and i know this sounds over the top but i but please just come with me on this journey i'm trying to explain why it, it's you have uh, what's now the CIA running some shit, right? And they have this stupid device that can, that, and, and I know you you paid way more attention to this device than I did because you love electronic shit. But this device that can control all the satellites in the fucking world or just a, a large enough amount of satellites to do whatever they want. With Pretty them. much every satellite, yeah. not just, you know, yeah. so, American satellites. Yeah. And they have all this control and all this stuff. And, and all, in the, all at the, you know, in your hands, right? Come on, get, stop with this shit. They have that, and they have they have inept heads of security, inept, um, you know, uh, leaders, you know, p- uh, people in upper management <laughs> that are handling this shit. And I know there was an inside guy that you know it was that ends up doing it. But the fact that okay, you when they when they play back the video of when Donnie Donnie Yen's character breaks in there and does that fucking ma- magical moment, right where. You know, he can kick everyone's fucking ass like that, but then later in the movie, he gives up really quickly when they're pointing guns at him, which makes no fucking sense to me. But okay, whatever. It's a movie. Yeah, plot points. Well, <laughs> there is a reason, but we'll get into that. Okay. So, but but when remember when they go back and they watch the video footage of that breaking in and they realize who the mole was because the guy didn't react when the window broke, right? Right. Well, my here's my thing. If this is a device that's this important... Wouldn't there have already been analysts going over this footage over and over again? And wouldn't they have noticed it a long time prior to 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 the this ragtag group of people? You know, this cyber hacker that comes out of here and and then this one chick and, and oh and uh, dude, I'm sorry, bro. Look, I think that Okay, bro. Bro, bro, you got to listen to okay, me. Okay, listen, listen to what I have to say. Bro. Listen, I've got something okay, to say. Bro. I've got it to say. You have I think that with uh, Felicity's character on the Arrow show, 
she is the last hot girl with glasses that you can ever have that plays a nerd. Okay, I'm fucking done with it. Okay, you have Nina Dobrev, who coincidentally enough is was on a CW show, The Vampire Diaries. She fucking shows up wearing glasses, acting all all innocent and fucking timid, and, and yet she's a computer fucking genius, right? And and she's hotter than shit, right? But she wears glasses. I, no, stop it. It's fucking retarded. Stop doing this shit. All right. Um, I don't. This pissed me off. And I look. I know there's the payoff at the end of the movie with it, and I. That's why I can give them some forgiveness because of the end of the movie. But that whole thing at the beginning, where they did the almost the reenactment of part one in the diner with with uh, with Vin Diesel, where they uh were uh, Samuel Jackson's um. Uh, Gibbons character was inter- you know um, he was interviewing this new guy who played soccer right because you know he's all about the extreme sports guys right and that whole scene was cool it worked it was good right and then I love the energy of, of uh, Samuel L. Jackson even though his character felt like a contradiction from how he used to be because in the first movie he was very stiff you know and cold and I'm wondering if maybe that's just an evolution of his character maybe because you know he's dealing with all these triple X people that he's learned how to like, you know, loosen up, maybe, maybe, and so I'm fine with the the change of his character. That's fine. But what I have a fucking problem with is they made they, it was like they ki- oh, fuck it. Spoiler, they fucking kill off Samuel Jackson right at the beginning of the movie. Okay, a goddamn thanks for the spoiler alert. A satellite crashes right where they're at, which is it was intended, right? And then you see it. They fucking showed it, Mike. They showed. A huge ball of flame. That's all I did. A wall of flame. It completely just engulfed the entire diner, and and you saw it. Well, who knows? They showed it hit him, right? No, they didn't show it hit him. Well, they showed it engulf him. They just showed the flames come down. They showed the the flame engulf him. You know, they didn't show his body break apart or anything. But they, you know, they didn't. It wasn't like it wasn't like the interview. (laughs) And you know, fuck you, Dave. But it was, you know, you, you saw him die. You saw him fucking die. Right. Well, and, no, you didn't see him die. That's the thing. But we'll get into that too. All right. And and then boom, now Samuel Jackson's not in the whole fucking he's not in the whole movie. They Nick Fury'd his ass, okay? And I got a problem with that. It do they really have and then look. I'm getting angry because this movie the, the plot line of this movie is pissing me off. So then you throw in Tony Collette's character. And Tony Collette is a very good fucking actress. I just watched um The Sixth Sense the other day and she was the mom in it. God damn, that's a good fucking movie, dude. That movie had me fucking full of tears, man, near the end. Great fucking movie. Anyway. She's a very good actress, and they have her in this movie playing the same old shit that you see that Charlize Theron's gonna be playing in the fucking new Fast and Furious movie. Same role looks like right, and it's a waste of an a-, a good actress. In this movie, she's just standing there all, "You're gonna do what I say, okay? Well, I'll give you a little bit of leeway, but you're gonna do what I say because I work for the CIA, right? And Gibbons was just NSA, and and I can wear high heels, so that means I can you know do whatever I want. I'm I'm a good guy. I'm important. So, it's totally just, important. Her character was fucking dumb, dude. I, this is not how. These are poorly written characters, and the only time these characters shine is when they're allowed to, um, when the actors are allowed to just go off and be themselves and do their own style. 
That's when the characters work for me. But when you have poorly written characters like Tony Collette's, does not work. The guy who was the mole that you saw at the beginning of the movie and at the end of the movie, that guy, his character did not fucking work. It was poorly written, you know? And then you have, uh, well, look, the trailer for the movie made it look like it was going to be a ripoff of the fucking Point Break piece of shit movie from 2015. And thank God this movie's better than the Point Break movie because at least there's a, there's a little bit more substance. This movie's fun. The Point Break movie wasn't fun. It was just dead. Dead with some cool aerial, you know, footage, right? Uh, but I, I feel like I'm hogging this entire review. No, just keep going. Just you keep going. All right, yeah. So, um, there were things in this movie that confused me. Now, maybe it was because, well, I wasn't sleepy, but uh, I was getting. Uh, I think I was just getting over being sick. And I was like at the last parts of it. I was in the middle of it. Actually, yeah. I was in the fucking middle of it. I had gotten the flu twice in the last month. No, and it was, you, you didn't get the flu. And it was two different kinds of flu. Okay? Two different kinds. Different symptoms. And this last one, holy shit, dude. Sore body. Fucking weaker than shit. That was the flu. But Chills. the other one was not. You were just sick. Chills and, uh, and sweats. Holy fuck. So... Anyway, I'm I'm like a hundred percent now, but at the time, I couldn't believe I was able to stay awake during the whole entire movie. But the movie has enough energy that it keeps you going, so it did that for me, and I and I'm happy for it. I'm glad the movie's entertaining. So I'm not going to give the movie a shitty review or you know a shitty rating, but I'm not going to give it a great rating either. <laughs> uh, what don't I like also about this movie? All right, I don't like how there's, I'm all about nostalgia, okay? I'm all about connections to previous films. Now, I don't need my hand to be held with a bunch of stuff, but I like those little connections. And for and I like acknowledgement, okay? But when there's no, look, there's no fucking acknowledgement. There's no mention of the death of Xander Cage thing, all right? There's no acknowledgement of the Death of Xander Cage um, short film. Okay, the events, he got better. The events of it. There's no mention to the events of it. Just him being dead the whole time. That was it. That's all he fucking said. All right. Um, there was no. What else? There was no connect. Just no one from the first film shows up except for Gibbons. All right. Where the the guy who was making all of his uh, you know this movie's version of Q. You know, their quartermaster, he that goofy fucking actor, he wasn't in this at all. He wasn't mentioned at all, right? Uh, Asia Argento's character, and I know that one's a stretch because if you go to all the James Bond movies, do they ever mention the, the Bond girl from the previous film? No, right. they don't. So, okay. But still, she was an important character in the movie, so it was, she was a big character in the movie. She was almost in the whole film with him. So it would have been nice. There could have been some kind of mention, something, but there wasn't. It was just, I fuck, man. I don't know. I, I just, and until you get to the end of the movie, there's no mention of the events of State of the Union. So I had a problem with that through the whole movie. Now, I know you can do holding back and all this stuff, and then so that when those moments, when those moments do show up at the end of the movie, and I didn't see the the, the TV trailer, so I didn't know that the 
the spoilers were already there. Okay. So when that shit happened in the movie, I actually sat up a little bit because I was like, okay, cool. Right. All right. All right. I like that a little connection to the past. All right, let's do that. I don't but, think you need too many connections to the past. So, I mean, I don't need full on fully, but just something. It, it just seemed, it seemed kind of thrown together for the script. You know, that's, that's the problem I have with it. And I can tell, look, if you're not going to have Samuel Jackson in the whole movie, then there's got to be a reason for it. Either I don't fuck it. What, what what do you think the reason would be for Samuel Jackson not to have been in the, in the movie and for them to probably filming? <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, he's he probably filming a Marvel movie or so, I guess, dude. He, dude, he's a busy motherfucker. All the commercials and uh, have you seen all the damn uh, Netflix movie or not Netflix originals, but straight to video movies that he's in that yeah, show? He's in like he's in like ten movies a fucking year. He's like the John Wayne of the fucking new millennium. No. Yeah, he's in a dude. He does like ten movies a year. He does a show. How many movies has John Wayne been in? Oh, he's done hundreds. You John, sure? John Wayne used to film. I believe John Wayne filmed like three or four movies a year, if not more. John Wayne used to film a shitload of movies, dude. You really gotta look up John. Yes, Wayne. I'm going to look up Marion Morrison. Yeah, I know this is his original name. Marion Robert Morrison. Marion Mitchell Morrison. Robert. Why does it say Mitchell on the, his fucking face? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, he died right after the shootest. 178 movies. Yeah, it's a lot of fucking movies. So about two a year, give or take. See, two a year. Well, it doesn't say not necessarily 178 movies. He was in 178 things. I mean, he was in Maud, the TV series. <laughs> yeah, he showed up in it. He was in an episode of I Love Lucy, The Beverly Hillbillies, The Dick Powell Theater, Alcoa Premiere. Wagon train. He was hilarious in the I Love Lu- Lucy episode, where she's screen uh, director's where playhouse. she gives him a massage in his trailer, and he doesn't know it's her. It's a funny episode. Tons of fucking stuff in the thirties, though. Yeah. See, look at all those years. See all that extra shit in those years. Yeah. He's when he was younger, man. He was right. cramming some shit. All right. Uh, but some of these are shorts too. So, anyways, it doesn't matter. It's one hundred seventy-eight things. All right. So. I just, I know that you've got a better bead on the movie itself, like the whole, the linear storytelling or whatever you want to call it. I, I know that because you're able to fucking pay attention to stuff like that more than I am. But my problem is, like me, like I said, I'm nostalgic. So I like those little connections, but there's... Yeah, apparently Samuel L. Jackson's going for the John the John Wayne connection here. <laughs> he's got a, He's done 168 things. Oh, he'll beat that. Well, maybe. <laughs> I don't I remember. The dude's like 75 years old. Oh, he's in his late 60s now, I think. Oh, he's about to turn. So yeah, he's uh, 69, or he's 68 right now. It's the speed limit of sex. Yeah. So He's the neighbor of the beast. Yep. No, that's 667. I'm talking about in regards of 69. So, anyway. <laughs> Come on, man. So, so. My problem with... How the fuck did that just come out of nowhere? <sighs> All right. <laughs> Let's start over. My problem with Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage, is mostly the start and mostly the end. I was okay with the stuff that was going on in the middle because the action scenes were really good. I was thinking about this during the movie. I, I enjoyed the action scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, the The whole him skiing down the hill and then... 
skateboarding. skateboarding down the hill. I thought it was because in my review, my pre preview, yeah, I I said rollerblading, mm-hmm. not skateboarding. Because like if you watch, if you watch the uh, the trailers for this, yeah, which really pisses me off because in the within the last let's say two or three weeks leading up to the movie. They started showing Ice Cube in the trailers, motherfuckers. And, and I, then at the be- and, and it wasn't at the end of the trailers. They started showing them at the beginning of the fucking trailers. So, and even then, that was it was still stupid. It was fucking odd and um, uncomfortable, forced. Yeah, very forced. Just felt it felt completely weird. And look at th- well, let me let me finish. You shut your mouth for a minute. It's about <laughs> all, right. all right. Go ahead. This is how much it pisses me off is because it's not because of this movie itself. It's the system of the way that they do movies now, the way they market movies. I, I And we keep talking about the insecurity thing. You don't need to fucking give away every secret so that people, so you'll sell an extra couple tickets. Okay. It's, it, it pisses me off. Well, if you make a good movie, then you won't have to worry about that. But let me finish. <laughs> okay. I'm finished. With... With the beginning of him skateboarding, and then you know, uh, he's he ends up having sex with some chick, you know. After he does all that, whoever she is, some <laughs> fucking hot Brazilian model. Yeah. And then, and then, the events that happen where Donnie Yen breaks into the CIA or whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. and he was able to break through, you know, these these fucking, you know bulletproof windows <laughs> but that was all set up it was all designed because there's a the bad guy mikey from the sopranos yeah mikey palmiotti is that mikey palmer or mikey palmiotti i can't remember dude but i remember him on the sopranos i think it's mikey palmer anyways there's a guy that played mikey on on the sopranos and he's the bad guy well the reason why donnie m was able to fight through all those people is because half of those guys are with mike with the whatever character that guy's playing, uh, this secretive agency guy, I'm just gonna call him Mikey, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Yeah, he was Uncle Junior's right hand man. Yeah, and Uncle June, and most of those guys were pretend firing, so like they'd fire into the air instead of because they knew that they were gonna get their asses kicked, right? Mm-hmm. So when this secretive be all end all piece of technology gets stolen, you know, yeah. which can crash satellites pinpoint. Okay. Uh, th- look, this, pinpoint destruction. And this is part of this. Remember when the movie starts off and it shows how many satellites are outside of Earth? Right. Are there really 30, that many fucking satellites? 30,000 pieces of junk. Yeah. What's well, that satellites, the actual satellites? Yeah, there's like 30,000. So there's been 30,000 fucking launches into space. Yeah, or more from private corporations and all that other stuff. I know this sounds ignorant. I, I know it does, and forgive me, but well, then don't be ignorant. But Do I'm going to ask the question anyway. Asking questions is how you get answers. So I'm not going to answer. Why the fuck do we never see these launches? We see them all the time. They're in the news all the time. I see a NASA launch. Hey, they're going to go work on. They're the in Hubble. the fucking news all the time. Hey, they're going up to the space another season. another fucking satellite just got launched from Andrews Air Force Base in Southern California. I never see those. I'm not saying you're lying. I'm then just fuck, saying. Do your research. They're all over the place. It's articles everywhere. It, they get launched daily. And imagine how much fuel that takes. Okay. Okay. Are you paying for it? We're all paying for it. 
Not all of them. I was them. trying to sound all provocative, like like Mother Earth is paying for it, and we're part of Mother Earth. Not so we're all paying for it, Mike. Not not all of them are military hardware. Yeah, like I I don't want to say like eighty percent of them, but I I forty forty five percent of the launches into space now are private. I'd have to look that up, but how many private? I mean, I guess, I guess, sure, because if you look, like, like if you look at that thing, that chart that shows how many nuclear weapons have gone off on this planet since the the first atomic testing, uh, there's been thousands of, of nuclear uh, de- detonations on this planet. Yeah, thousands no of them. It's it's fucking scary, dude. And yet this planet's fine because when they talk about when they talk about quote unquote global warming, it's not from any nuclear testing. They're always talking about from you know emissions and stuff like that so just imagine how well the earth is if there's about 1100 active satellites there's there are 2600 that no longer work russia launched the first satellite sputnik in 1957 sputnik sig sputnik um size varies they can weigh up to six tons but those are just satellites that doesn't include space junk Mm -hmm. there's debris that's up there Thirty thousand pieces of shit floating around the earth um, at high velocities of speed more than 50 countries own a satellite or have significant share in one there are 502 active satellites with u.s ties 118 for russia 116 for china uh and then you have the old ones so i don't know if there's 30 there's there's space debris i don't know if there's thirty thousand satellites. i bit my tongue when i said that Ugh. uh i don't know if there's thirty thousand satellites up there but there's probably there's a they say that there's space junk up there that's causing problems. So and they so they need the idea would be to get a space vacuum and clean it up. <laughs> but they, I don't care. It that's this is <laughs> that's for another podcast. Yeah. So they the the issue mainly with this entire movie is the fact that um the whatever the cia director whatever her name is yeah um mark jane mark yeah jane mark she there was nothing to this character she was boring as shit mm-hmm. you know like they showed some cut scenes and then she started laughing and whatever else because some mistake happened or whatever. Yeah. And that that was more of a character than the one she was playing. Yeah. You know, th- these movies have become less fun and more, what it, What did you say? Vanity. No, no, no. Just... You, you said something about going to the movies is like getting up for work or going to, you just said it like a week ago. Like a chore. It's a... Uh... Yeah, it's going to the movies nowadays to watch movies like this is a logistical nightmare. It's become more of a habit than an actual enjoyment. No, that's not what you said. I don't fucking remember. You said you what you said was going to the movies is more like going to. Maybe. Hey, what I said was part is part of the pantheon now, and now my mind has moved on. <laughs> I don't fucking know, dude. I talk shit all the time. I don't know. I, I don't. I, I can't expect you to remember a quote you said once, but I remembered it because it actually seemed relevant to you. It's actually a good quote. I have to look for it, but 
By the way, Mike is spelled M-I-C, not M-I-K-E-S. I know. What are you, what are you correcting me on? Have the mics ready when I get there. Oh, that, I did that on purpose because your name's Mike. Yeah, uh-huh. Seriously? Uh-huh. That's why I even capitalized the, the, the M. Is the M capitalized? Uh-huh. Exactly. I'm sure it was. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you capitalized it on purpose. It wasn't just like, you know, autocorrect. I don't do autocorrect. Autocorrect has always been turned off on my phone. I never use autocorrect. I have autocorrect turned off on my phone. I it just fucking auto- hate it, it. fucking sets it up right there. So all I have to do is hit the button. I don't do that. Um, basically, what you said was going to the movies is like going to work or going to school. Mm-hmm. You know? It's a chore, right? Mm. And that that's resonated with me because it's absolutely a chore. And I've tried to change when I go see movies, I've tried to change my perspective. Yeah. yeah. My my outlook, outlook on this. Yeah. Because I want to go have fun when I go to the movies. I want to enjoy myself. Yeah. And we, you this know, is the perfect movie for that. This is the movie that you think you should be having fun with, right? Yeah. And you have characters that are awful. You have in in typical. Oh, we have this girl who, you know, when when we when she's introduced, she's stalking, but she looks like she's stalking a lion. But she shoots the hunters. She's stalking the stalkers. Yeah, she who shoots the hunters who are going after this lion, and and that's a political statement about you know uh, hunting animals, right? Yeah. Well, if people actually did their research on these people that hunted animals, they get posted to Facebook. Those people that are hunting these animals and taking pictures with them, those are sanctioned hunts. Mm-hmm. They are allowed by the government. They are hunting diseased animals. They don't get to fucking keep the meat. The animal and the carcass are disposed of with the few exceptions because they're dying. That lady with the giraffe that's very popular. Oh, my God, she should be put to death because she killed an innocent giraffe. That giraffe was causing problems because it was fucking psychotic. It had a brain problem, and it was attacking other giraffes. It was attacking other things. There's nothing scarier than a psychotic giraffe. Yeah, and that's a problem. I mean, seriously, that giraffe was fucking, was a problem. Yeah. And they had to have it killed, so they sanctioned the hunt because it's kind of humane in a way. Instead of killing it in the cage, they just let it run free, mm-hmm. you know, and then they hunt it down. It's tagged. It's marked. They know exactly where it is. They didn't want to wait for it to insult the wrong giraffe. Right. That's what it's going to do, insult the wrong <laughs> giraffe. It's a diseased giraffe. Yeah, I, I got you. And, <laughs> hey, faggot. <laughs> wait, what? How dare you? <laughs> this is insult the wrong giraffe. <laughs> Don't make me whip you. It's a dying giraffe. Hey, that's a that sounds like a dying giraffe. <laughs> so, when it comes to these movies, she's making a statement on poachers. Yeah, and it's fucking dumb. You know, it's it's a dumb idea because the lion ends up killing these killing killing one of the poachers. Yeah, and it's so obvious fake that it it turned me off on. Everything. And of course, you know, the characters, however old, she's fucking 16 years old and she's an expert sniper. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then she wraps herself up in a tree later on in the movie. And then she's able to to expertly Cirque du Soleil spin herself out of the tree, you know, without getting injured, which takes years of practice and training 
to be able to do something like that. Yeah. So, again, you have all these... Oh, and the thing that really fucking gets me is when Vin Diesel is standing in front of these Marines and he's walking behind them, you know, and they're all just standing there straight and stoic, uh-huh. you know, like they're... They've, they're not real people. They're just these fucking animals, Robots. right? These, yeah, these automatons. Yeah, these these people that have no senses of humor. Oh, I bet you you did this, and how oh, you've done this, and then and then a lot of them are going, no, we have never done that. We've never, no, we're marines. We don't do anything other than fucking marine stuff. Yeah, we we only attack civilizations and and you know <laughs> beat everybody up so the army can come in and clean up after us. When and, eat food. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and then and then he punches the button and shoots them off into space. You know, over fucking Germany somewhere. That that whole scene could have still been done if they had done it better. But but those characters. I mean, no, there's no marine that I know of because most of those guys are jokesters. Yeah, I mean, jokesters in a good way. Those guys are fucking hilarious. Yeah, and have a great sense of humor. People that are badasses. Don't, they they know they're badasses. They don't flaunt how badass they are. Right, and and they wouldn't let someone take advantage of them like that, anyways. There's no person that would not watch him, especially when you have five marines standing there. Yeah, and not notice that he's attaching a grommet to their belts. Yeah, I'd be like, "Excuse me, sir, what the fuck are you doing?" And then I would have punched him off the fucking airplane. Yeah, because let's face it, he's a 55 year old. He's a 50 year old fucking. You know, bald-headed goober. Burnout. <laughs> no, well, you know, Dungeons and Dragons player. But, yeah. again, he... I'll I, tell you what, though. He did keep in really good shape for this movie. Yeah. So did Daniel Craig. Yeah. So, the chase scenes I liked, I liked from starting from when they landed in the Philippines all the way up until when they got to Detroit. Yeah. Even up up until basically the end, where... where um. The the army goes in after them, you know, yeah. because of course all that that's they're they're spies and we know that they're bad guys, so let's kill those guys, you know, the, the these super secret. Oh, we've got some insurgents that have been flying around the world. Fuck you! It's so fucking stupid. Yeah, they've they've canceled the triple X pl- the, the 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 secret triple X uh program. Yeah, and now they're rogue. Oh, they're bad guys. So what we're going to do is we're going to go into a fucking city, a major U.S. city, and start shooting at things, lighting everything up and blowing shit up. Is Detroit still considered a city? Yes. It's still considered a city. It's still (laughs) considered a major metropolitan city. All right. Regardless of the shit that's going on there. (laughs) And uh, There's OCP when you need them. Again, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No cops. They're on strike. No cops anywhere at any time when they're going through any of these cities Yeah, at all. Yeah. There's, there's fucking massive vehicle accidents, you know, the, the people calling on fucking 911. Yeah, there's a massive high-speed chase going on. Yeah. It, it, like some dude just flipped a van into another fucking vehicle. I think somebody's dead. Yeah. You know? that. By the way... um. The mount, not not the mountain. The hound. The hound. Rory McCain. Rory McCann. His actor's name. He played uh, Tennyson. Tennyson, uh, the torch. Right. My favorite character of all. Fuck yeah! In that entire movie, he was in the first one, wasn't he? No, I thought he was. No, he was the funny relief. Shut up. 
Yeah, he was the he's the funny relief character, and every scene he was in, I was like, dude, uh, he's who I want to see more of. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> Do you have a ghost in the machine? No. You know what I think also took away from the fun of this movie? It's those fucking tweakers sitting in front of us. They kept yapping and laughing. Well, they stopped yapping and laughing when the fucking... The security guard, yeah, guy came in. But I, it just... Dude, I... I, God damn it, I, look, I know the person that I am, okay, I know my personality, I know my charisma, and I know how I am and how I want to be for the rest of my life, and I'll tell you what, fun, energetic, sarcastic, that's how I want to be till I'm fucking 105, all right, and so when I'm old, oh, if I'm still alive when I'm an old man, Oh, you're going to be hearing me fucking do, I don't know, Pharaoh Monch or fucking singing crazy shit and making smart-ass jokes and acting like I'm not that age. All right? That's my personality. But there's a line to it. And the line is, I don't... I'm becoming bitter. I'm becoming fucking bitter when it comes to going to the movies now. I'm getting pissed off at every little thing now. Every fucking thing that everyone's doing around me is pissing me off. And I, I know... Look... I've noticed it with my kids, too. Like, when I'm sitting there at home watching a movie, I want them to shut the fuck up so we can watch the movie. Yeah. And then... No. I've, I've yelled at you while... You, when you came here and we were watching something and you started fucking yapping, and I said, shut the fuck up. And... <laughs> and you got pissed off at me. Now you understand. Well, yeah, but the, the thing <laughs> is, is, if I say a couple things, you should be fine. But No, you were holding a full-on fucking conversation. Um. But that's besides. I didn't catch myself doing it. If I catch myself doing it, then yeah, it's, it's a problem. I, but all in all, though, it every every little thing that every little person does around me, it just feels like it's amplified. Because now, when I'm sitting in a theater watching a movie, and we do it every single week, we've been doing it for four plus years now. Um, I'm getting irritated. Okay. I'm getting so fucking irritated, and fucking it, get over it. It's almost unhealthy. It's getting to the point where it's unhealthy. Where People start rattling their plastic because they're opening a package. I don't. That doesn't bother me. And then, or or, but I'm I'm just saying it's, it shouldn't bother me, but it's bothering me. Bec- and I, you know what? I think I think there's an arrogance there. I can, I'm man enough to admit that. I think there's an arrogance like, hey, I go to the movies every fucking week. I don't I don't interrupt anyone's viewing you know experience. I shut the fuck up and I watched my movie, right? I watched the movie, right, that I paid for. So, and I show everyone else that same respect. So, I think my arrogance is because I'm here every week that everyone should be doing things the way that I think that they should be doing them. Yeah. <laughs> my my problem with my problem with the movie those guys were fucking annoying, but they shut up after a while because somebody went and complained. Yeah. And that was fine. I didn't. I, I'm tired of yelling at people to shut the fuck up. But it happens once every s- seven or eight movies, so it's not that it happens that often. But it was the first time that it happened at that theater, mm-hmm. you know. And usually it happens at the other. It happens more often at the local theater that you know here, yeah, than the other ones. But again, besides the point, that didn't ruin my 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 movie going experience what ruined the movie going experience for Xander was the opening and the closing and some of the characters uh-huh. other than that i mean 
the the bad writing, things <laughs> like that. I expected that. I expected this not to be a fucking you know. This is not. It's not Rogue One. Yeah. You know, it's not. It's not rocket science. It's not Marvel Studios stuff, right? Where you know, yeah, there's not much to the movie, but at le- like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. You know, there there's no substance to these to the Marvel movies. There's absolutely no substance to them whatsoever. But they're fun. Yeah. You know, and they have they have good banter. They and they have, good have replay power. Exactly. Xander, the the return of Xander Cage is garbage, <laughs> you know, for the most part. There are some fun action scenes, but it's mostly like, it's like a bad James Bond. In like Flint? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? And yeah, that that's what sucks about it. The action was really cool though at times. I, the that once there was that scene where uh, Donnie Yen is on the plane and he's just slapping the fuck out of everybody, man. Yeah, I love quick, uh, quick. Donnie Yen was f- was great in the movie. Yeah, I enjoyed him. You know, that's the dude that played one of, in Rogue One. He was the blind guy in yeah in uh, Rogue One. Yeah, Chirwa Imwe. Was that his that character's name? Yep. Oh, now we got to go back to that shit. I'm just telling you. I just told you what his name was. No, no, no. I don't care what you said. I'm looking. <laughs> I'm just. I can't lick me. Uh, yeah, Chirut Imwe. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I roll. <laughs> All right. So, um, I did enjoy some parts. I enjoyed everything with uh, Rory Rory McCann. I love when he put the mouthpiece in every time before he did something. You know, so oh, he, oh, when he was taking pictures? Yeah. As he was taking pictures, you know, uh, greedy from, from Detroit. Yeah, that was fucking awesome. You know, uh, it, yeah, he was the funny character. He's the one that you want to see more of in the movie. Um, but, yeah, Ruby Rose, who, uh, you know, she's that fucking Justin Bieber lookalike, uh, you know, super sexual lesbian, you know. I, look, it, I know that it's... Fuck it, it to me it's gimmicky the way she looks in the movie, I, and the way that the way that hell everyone in the, in the movie is is this, this this young attitude this young vanity attitude. I mean, look, I I got no problem with being young and full of life, dude, because I'm still trying to be young and full of life myself. But I'm just trying to be me. But quit being fake about it. I hate fucking fake, dude. Who the fuck are you trying to sell to? Because you're not selling to me. All right, I know. I, I this is rhetorical. Me saying it, it's totally fucking rhetorical. It doesn't need an answer. I know the fucking answer. So, anyway, <laughs> I also enjoyed the but oh bum bum the fucking the the showing up of Ice Cube's Darius Stone. Spoiler alert! Right where he shows up and and you know saves the day. You know he saves the day while while fucking. Um, those two main characters, those two, the you know the Ruby Rose and the other chick, the uh, the Indian chick, where they're fucking standing back to back, you know, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith style, shooting at you know highly armed, you know, uh, heavily armed, fucking uh, uh, tactical teams, right? And they're just out in the open, fucking shooting at them, right, with their arms spread, and they're not getting hit at all. Well, okay, whatever. Fuck. Oh, you got to do the whole the the. Uh it doesn't matter whether it's two chicks or or two guys. You got to do the whole fucking um, back to back, back to back. You know, side to side, over under. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna shoot next to your ear. You're gonna shoot next to my ear. Choreograph yeah. because that and that started with John Woo stuff. Yeah, yeah, but his shit worked. 
his shit worked really good. I That's because he didn't do the stupid choreograph like that. Yeah. And also, did Donnie Yen have like fucking grease on his back? Because every time he was laid out on the ground, he just slid everywhere he wanted to go. <laughs> he just fucking slid. Maybe they they've had a he had a, uh, an expandable slip and slide. Apparently, fuck yeah! But it was funny because he just kept sliding everywhere like he was uh, like he was Mystique from X Men Part Two or something, right? So, <laughs> god damn, that's a big fucking dog. Holy shit! That that's from Game of Thrones. That could have been in Twilight. Yeah, that's the that's the dog from Game of Thrones. So they didn't have to do a lot on the CG to make it bigger. <laughs> no, damn, that's a big fucker. Yeah. Every time they kill one of those dogs on that fucking show, it pisses me off. Oh man! And I know Jesus that's fucking Christ. They're all all the dogs that they have on set are that big. Did you see that tweet from uh, from Martin? I don't know if it was true or not. If it was actually from him, but it's where he said, "I don't know why everyone's getting so excited about season seven. You're all gonna end up crying." Yeah. <laughs> It's all gonna. It's just gonna suck. Yeah, they're all gonna fucking die, bro. <laughs> it's all bad. They're all gonna turn up to be uh, what do they call them? God damn it, the walkers. The are they not walkers? Yeah, yeah. So um, I can't. I'm, so many shows I watch, dude. I know. So anyway, the dumb, and then you have, of course, the big backstab at the end of the movie. The double, you know, the 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 the, the two faced fucking backstabbing. <laughs> Oh, we don't need you anymore. Which was so fucking predictable and obvious that that was going to happen. I it just. Oh, did this, did you notice this? Remember the part where when Triple X is talking um, to I can't remember who he was talking to, but when everyone's all, oh my god, he's Triple X. All the people that he brought on as his teammates. Yeah. And they're all, oh my god, he's Triple X. Right. I'm like, no fucking duh. Because they were also Triple X. Every one of the people that was brought on by him yeah. were also recruited by um, Samuel L. Jackson's character. But what, what 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 blew my mind is he's got a tattoo on the back of his fucking neck that says Triple X. He he um, always called himself Triple X when he was making the the uh, the Xander Zone videos. So he's he's known worldwide, fucking YouTube and shit. Uh-huh. And he's and then these people that he's already done little you know like little you know off the clock side jobs with in in other countries because he's you know on the run or whatever or you know he faked his death, and they still didn't know that he was fucking triple X. That makes no sense to me. Okay. It just oh my god. I don't god. know what to tell you. Oh my god, he's triple X. No fucking shit. It's on the back of his fucking neck. Anyway. All right. So, it off the top of my head. I would probably give Triple um, X the return of Xander Cage. I think I would give it. Uh, I'll give it a five. Really? I'm going with three and a half. Poor writing. Do you know right when I said five, I felt like this um, this poltergeist hand come out of my face and try to smack it. Like what the fuck? I'm gonna go between a four and a five on it. Okay, I, I, I'm I'm debating on that still because I haven't written my review for it yet. So, um, I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm five's high. Fuck it. But the movie didn't suck. It, it didn't suck, but it wasn't great. It's entertaining at times, and it's dude. We've seen shittier than this. I'll tell you what. Last year at this time, we saw Ride Along Part Two, and this is way fucking better than Ride Along Two. Oh yeah, but yeah. I still give it a three. All right, um, and I'm getting a little. I'm getting fucking disgusted with some of these movies, dude. But I will tell you this: I hope that this movie does set up them doing a triple X movie with Ice Cube and with Vin Diesel working together. That would be cool if they do it right. If they fucking do it right, but I don't know if they will. So anyway, uh, what were our predictions? Uh, 
for Rotten Tomatoes on this? I don't know. All right, well, because... <clears throat> fucking cares. <laughs> I give up. I, I I just, you know, I don't know if I want to be in this world anymore, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you gave life. it a 15. All right, all right. I gave it a 15. Which, and, but your rating is 50%. Well, you gave it a five out of ten. You seem to keep forgetting this. My prediction is what I think the Rotten Tomatoes is going to be. It's not what my personal opinion is going to be. It's what I think Rotten Tomatoes is going to say. Mine is both. Is it? Yep. Okay. My yeah. So mine is always what I think the Rotten what critics are going to think about it. That's my opinion. Mine is both my opinion and what what generally what my uh, rating is going to be. Okay. Fifteen twenty. All right. Um, so as of today, uh, December fucking 24th or whatever, uh, it's at a 42%. Wow. Now, uh, the, the we day- We both lost. The day before it came out, it was at like 50 something percent. Now it's at 40 fucking two. Earlier today, it was at 43. Now it's at 40 fucking two. So that's still higher than, uh, than fucking, uh, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yes. Oh, there it is. So I'm still uh, waiting to see Free Fire. I gotta see Free Fire. All right. And uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll go from there. All right, so uh, let's move on, dude. Okay, moving on. I don't think we need to talk about what critics are saying about this movie. It's not that kind of movie that we need to. Yeah, it's, so, this is not a fucking. <laughs> we're, uh, we're all the general consensus is the same, pretty much. I think for most people, stupid plot, some cool action, some charisma. Let's move on. Yep. All right, so my flick of the week is going to be the 2011. Jodie Foster directed film, The Beaver. Oh, I know what you Okay. It stars- Mel, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Uh, the movie was um, supposedly shelved for a few months um, from uh, from a, like a late 2010 release or early 2011 release, uh, supposedly because of um, uh, financing for the ending. Uh, the, all the companies that they were shopping this around to, they said the 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 company said that if you change the ending, then then we'll finance the movie. And Jodie Foster would not budge. She said, "No, I'm not changing the fucking ending." And good for her, because all right, let me get into this movie. All right, The Beaver is definitely an underrated film. I cannot believe it's taken me five years to see this movie. Um, I should have saw it when it came out, and I'll tell you why. This is not a perfect film. It has some problems, but what it does have, that and it fucking works so goddamn well, is the acting ability of Mel Gibson. This son of a bitch sells this character so well. His character's name is Walter Black. He owns a toy company, um, a, a toy company that used to be successful that's slowly dwindling in value, okay? Um, he has problems in his life. Even though he's rich, um, his wife, who's played by Jodie Foster, um, his son, uh, played by Anton Yelchin, so is his late teenage son, late age teenage son, and then they have a younger, younger son who's like, you know, a little kid, like, like seven or eight years old or whatever. Uh, he is like in the end of his life where um, he's depressed all the time. His marriage has completely fallen apart. His relationship with his children is like nil. Um, his son, played by Yelchin, his son, um, I think his son's name was Porter. Uh, 
is he fucking hates his father. He hates his father so much that every time he notices one of his traits that that's like his father's, he writes it on a post-it note and he puts it on on a ceiling of his fucking of his room. And so he has this huge collection of things about himself that he hates because they're like his father's. Okay. And what happens is um, finally Jodie Foster leaves him. She kicks him out of the house. So he goes and stays in a hotel room and he, he's drinking like crazy. And he decides, and th- this is a funny scene. It's sad, but it's funny at the same time because of how well Mel Gibson pulls it off with, and, and the humorous side of it. Um, is he tries to hang himself by using his necktie and he wraps it around the shower rod and tries to hang himself that way. Well, all of a sudden, of course, it gives way. And and so he fucking... Who the fuck hangs himself on a, sh- on a shower that, rod? That's how pathetic his character is. So then he he walks out of the bathroom with the shower rod still tied to his fucking neck and he tries to jump off the roof um, of a building. And... What happens is he ends up falling backwards because of the shower rod. Um, knock gets knocked out, and he goes down to the he goes down to throw away some of his stuff, and he finds a hand puppet that's that's of a beaver, you know, like a like a cartoon character beaver or something, right? right. And it's mangy and all filthy and shit. Well, all of a sudden he has this epiphany, and the epiphany is that. He can't be himself anymore. He cannot be Walter Black anymore. He has to become this the beaver to save his life. The beaver literally saves his life. And he puts the fucking beaver on his hand. And he talks to himself through the beaver. And he's got this deep British accent. Which at times, I swear to God, it, it's not British. It's fucking Australian. It seems like it kind of morphs, you know, and it's deep and dark. And it's what happens is Mel Gibson goes back home and he re- tries to reintegrate himself into the family. And he, he, he writes a card explaining what he's doing and that he's saving his own life and that he's in therapy. And this is like this radical new form of therapy where he's talking through the beaver as the beaver. So he says when anyone talks to him, they have to talk to the beaver to talk to him. Right. Okay. And so the movie, the idea of it is fucking retarded. The, 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 the premise of it is, is, is stupid. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But the movie works. And it works, and like I said, it's not a perfect movie, but Mel Gibson makes you believe this character. You, he makes you believe that he hates himself so much that he has to do this beaver guy or he's going to die. He has to be the beaver. And all of a sudden, he becomes the perfect husband, and he becomes the perfect father. And there's a subplot where it shows Anton Yelchin's character, and he's at school, and he, um, what he does is he, he does people's work for them. He charges people money to do their tests for them and also to write their speeches for them when they graduate, stuff like that, right? Well... Um, the cheerleader, one of the head cheerleaders of the school, played by Jennifer Lawrence, um, she wants him to write her speech for graduation. You know, this her epic walking off speech, you know, her mic drop speech, right? 
And so he does it. At first he thinks that she's interested in him because she wants to meet him after school, but then it's just because of that. Well, they start hanging out, and then the same, you know, the, the, the predictable thing happens where you find out that there's more to her than just her being a, a you know, a vain cheerleader. She has a past, and, and her brother died, and, and she's holding that back, you know, holding on to that anger, and she has problems with her mother, and... <coughs> And you find out that there's way more to her. There's way more substance to her than that at just face value, right? Mm-hmm. And he's falling in love with her. Anton Yelchin's character is falling in love with her. And Jennifer Lawrence, even back in 2011, she is such a good actress that she's she makes you fall in love with her like the girl next door. You know, like if you were growing up next to her, you know. She's your Mary Jane, you know, Watson, right? Okay. And, I, you know, as I'm watching the movie, I'm falling in love with her character, right? Um, because she's she's so full of life and she's got something to say. Uh, now the whole plot with them is very predictable, but because the characters are well done, I forgive it for being predictable, and that's why it's okay. I'm okay with that. Um, this movie does things where it becomes uncomfortable, it becomes hilarious, it becomes dramatic and serious, it becomes fucking stupid. I mean, just dumb. Like, I can't believe they're fucking doing this. But every time it does something that is fucking stupid, and you're like, okay, maybe this is why you don't hear about this movie now, it stops, and it, and then it goes, it, it corrects itself, and it, and it goes back to being a good movie again. So even though the movie is, is, a, is a little uneven, it's a little rough, rough ride here and there, and Jodie Foster's character as the wife, She's not fully fleshed out. She's just there to be the wife that's been neglected. And she has a couple things to say, but most of the time she's the one who's in the background. You know, and I, I guess it makes sense because she's the one directing the movie, but still, her character could have been better written. All right. There you go. And there could have been more. Um, there could have been a little bit more because the movie the movie's only an hour and a half with credits. So they have to get to all these points really quickly with everything. And the the payoff in the movie um, to me, is realistic in the regards of how the movie's gone with him being fucking crazy, right? Because what happens is he comes up with a great idea um, for his toy company and his toy company starts making money because of it. And then he decides to become the face of his company and he goes on TV and like people like Matt Lauer and, and stuff like that are interviewing him and he's doing it as the fucking beaver. Right. And people start questioning his sanity and it finally catches up with him where he finally actually himself, you know, Walter Black himself, has to face the fact that he can't, even though he's become a better person, he has to face the fact that he can't be the beaver forever. Okay? He's just covering up what he needs to truly fix and repair about himself. And so it comes to a, an ending that's it's rough, but it's not, it's not like tragic. It's like it makes sense for the story at hand for it to go in the direction that it goes. And for that, I give I give props to it because she didn't back down off of that ending. That and so, um, the Beaver is definitely worth seeing. It is on Netflix. Uh, I think it just started on Netflix in the last few days or this month. Uh, I highly recommend it. It is fucking funny, and Mel Gibson is a goddamn good actor, and he sells every single bit of the Beaver himself. So there you go. That's the Beaver. Cool. It's got a sixty-one percent approval rating as well. Oh yeah. And it was on the 2008 blacklist for uh, unused scripts. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not a big fan of those types of movies. Uh-huh. And when it comes down to the Mel Gibson, 
Was that after or before his fucking breakdown? It was after his breakdown. So, yeah, that's kind of his return film to kind of set things straight. Yeah. And and Jodie Foster actually went to his um his defense when uh, when everyone was against him. Mm-hmm. And she said, "Look, he's a really good person. He's just going through some hard shit right now." And but he doesn't truly feel the way that all these things that he said that's and not, who knows how true they are anyways. Yeah, and she did the same thing for Kristen Stewart, too, because she worked with Kristen Stewart on Panic Room, and when everyone was calling her a whore for cheating on, um, you know... Uh, fucking, Gives a fuck. She, it, it seemed like everyone was trying to blacklist her for a little bit, and Jodie Foster came to her defense and said, no, this is not... Everyone's blowing things out of proportion with her. I, what I'm trying to get at is that fact that Jodie Foster, um, she's a good person, and that she... Um, she backs up her friends. Okay, and that's what I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to get at, regardless of how you feel about Kristen Stewart or not. Oh, but bringing up Kristen Stewart next week, I've got a movie of hers that is not Twilight related. Great, that I will be talking about. Her, it's a very good fucking movie. Her, her, her unemotional stare, <laughs> and it fits for this movie. It's it just really, her sitting there. No, just continue. Mm. <laughs> the just, junk. just like, fucking look she looks like a heroin addict that's coming down from her high i know there's this scene at the beginning of new moon which is the second twilight movie where it's going through all the seasons of the year and the camera's going around her her head as she's sitting down sad that edward has left because he doesn't want her to be in danger and so as it's going through it's playing this sad music and every time i watched it with my daughters i would start singing this stupid song about just oh the season where my Edward has gone. I I can't remember what I did, but it was fucking hilarious because of how camera spinning around my head. Yeah, because of how emo it was. <laughs> Wishing that I were dead. All right, so la 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 la. What do you got? Runaway, starring Tom Selleck, Cynthia Rhodes, Gene Simmons. Hi, this is Gene Simmons. Uh, Christy Alley. When he fucking talks, I want to punch him in the mouth. Why? Why would you want to do that, Joe? Because when he talks, he he talks to you like he's blessing you with his presence. He is. He is literally doing. That's the way he is. I talking. know. I, and look. And that's Hi, a, this is Gene Simmons. Hi, Paul. And, and look, it, it's hilarious. But at the same, on the other end, it fucking makes me want to punch him in his face. I wish I could do Gene Simmons' voice. I wish I could talk in Gene Simmons' voice. Yeah, it's like he always has I've a butterscotch in his mouth or something when he talks. Yeah. Well, he, the way he talks is he enunciates everything. Yeah. Hi. Hi, Joseph. I wanted to thank you. Yeah. <laughs> now, I call you Joseph because that is your God-given name, but just just call me Joe. I know he's Jewish, no. but he looks to me like he's Native American. No, he's... Uh, he's Told you. He's Jewish. He's... Uh, Hebrew. Uh, Israeli-American musician. Yeah. Israel. Chaim. That's it. I think it's just because of the way he talks. The way he talks, it sounds like he could could have been Native American. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got fucking Darth Vader hair. Yeah. If you look at it, his hair, looks like Darth Vader's helmet. Uh-huh. So, anyways, Darth Vader's helmet stars in this movie. And actually, I like this movie. I saw this movie when it first opened up back nineteen eighty four. Yeah, and Gene Simmons, I thought was really good in this movie. He this is his first starring. Well, it's not his first starring role because he was in, you know, a, a bunch of Kiss stuff. Yeah. But this is his first Hollywood movie, and he plays a bad guy. You know, kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger did in The Terminator. 
Okay. Right. And actually, these both those movies came out at the same time, so generally it was a double bill: Runaway with Terminator. Okay. And that's when I saw Terminator as well. So Tom Selleck plays this police officer who's he's joined this squad called the Runaway Squad, or joined this this group of police officers that what they do is they um trying to think of the word here brain is failing me thanks brain thank you very much for completely fucking failing me when it's so simple basically what they do is they investigate robots that have gone off the fucking deep end okay um generally most of the robots that that happen to malfunction uh can be just turned off real quick um and what they do is they come in and investigate and then and go after the companies that have made these faulty designs these robots well what happens is is that this all changes when the first robotic homicide happens I mean, it kills like a. I guess it, it murders a family with a kitchen knife and handgun. Kills James Cromwell. Yes, it kills James Cromwell. <laughs> Jack, that's the name of 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 um. Selleck. Selleck's character. Thank you. Uh, as he's investigating it, uh, uncovers these weird integrated circuits that override uh, a robot's safety features, and also helps to direct to attack humans. So. <clears throat> He has to do now. Now he has to go in and investigate this whole fucking thing, right? Yeah. And while that's going on, um, he finds out that these were created by this character, this character, this guy named uh, Charles Luther, who is Gene Simmons' character. And while he's working for a defensive contractor, he developed a program that allows robots to thermographically identify a human and to even differentiate between different humans. So when he he started doing that. He ends up killing all of his research, his fellow research scientists. Why he didn't get arrested for that, who knows? Um, and he's trying to sell the technology on the black market. But his girlfriend, who's played by Kirstie Alley, decides that, you know, that's not going to fly. So she fucking, she steals these templates, right? Yeah. So now... She's on the run. Yeah, she's on the run. And, of course... Selleck's character comes across her, mm-hmm. and then you know this is when we find out that Gene Simmons has not only these templates. He wants to—I don't know why he wants to kill people, but basically he's just doing it so he can hold people for ransom type of thing. Okay, and he has bullets that are uh, uh, heat-seeking, human-seeking bullets. Smart bullets. Yeah, they're smart bullets. And Kirstie Alley ends up dying. You know. Um, from there, also, uh, like, dude, I, I'm tired of fucking doing this ramble, ramble shit. Bad robots attack people, okay? Uh-huh. You have Tom Selleck that plays. Now, I should have just done my fucking original This sounds idea. like Minority Report mixed with Blade Runner. It's kind of not. Okay. <laughs> um, This is Tom Selleck's basic answer to he could have done Indiana Jones uh-huh. and, or Raiders of the Lost So he's Ark. like, I'm not turning another thing down. Yeah. So he decides that he's going to star in Runaway, and actually, it wasn't a bad movie. It's not. It's not terrible in any any means nece- by any means necessary. It's just not great. Okay. You know, it's got an interesting theory, which is it's oh, it was directed and written by Michael Crichton, and that's why you never hear about it because it wasn't so horrible that people love talking about hating it. Right. And no one talk and no one talks about how good it was. Right. It's just it's an average movie. Now. <clears throat> 
the idea is sentient robots that can differentiate between humans and non-humans. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that you have these characters played by Gene Simmons who is creating these robots. They're mass-producing these circuits that can attack people. How how it happens or why it happens that is never really explained fully. They just they fucking go off the deep end and decide to start fucking you know terrorizing humans. Yeah, and then you know what he's doing is he's basically going to start using these robots as ransom so that the people would have to pay him to turn off the circuits, right? Yeah. Well, it turns out that the character also ended up causing uh, Tom Selleck's son to die, his son or wife or some shit like that. Uh, I'm so, Yeah, so it, it, a family member, it says, but I think it's his wife. Um, Gene Simmons kidnaps his son, you know, which is typical Hollywood ending bullshit. Yeah. And they have to go find him where he's holed up in some unfinished quote-unquote skyscraper. Why, why, I don't know why I quoted the skyscraper, but some unfinished skyscraper, you know. And he wants to fight Tom Selleck. You know, Gene Simmons wants to fight Tom Selleck. Good luck. Yeah. So in order for this whole thing to happen, he surrounds the entire building with these little killer spider robots. Okay. That if you were to step out, as soon as the elevator comes down, they're programmed to kill the first person that steps out of the elevator. So what happens is, is like his partner, which I don't haven't talked about, um, Selleck's partner, Cynthia Rhodes, is actually on this elevator descending when it opens up and these robots start to crawl in, right? And they have these little needles that can inject into you. Yeah. And, it, it, I mean, it it's a fucking genius idea. And like I said, not a bad movie. But the overall effect of this movie is, is that it was... Look, it, it probably would have been a little bit of a bigger movie had it not opened with Terminator. Uh-huh. But it got crushed by Terminator. No pun intended. So how, like, Last Action Hero opened up when Jurassic Park did. Right. Which is a Michael Crichton movie. Right. The fucking, yeah. It was a complete reversal. And no one ever talks about Last Action Hero. And I love the last, I don't love it. I like the Last Action Hero, but there, there's something, There's. it's probably similar with Runaway and Last Action Hero. Yeah. There's something about these movies, like. Popcorn fun? Yeah, they're popcorn fun, but there was no over- overreaching the overly fucking ambitious action pieces yeah you know it was just a it was like watching the movie of the week yeah you know Big it's a, gun. yeah it's a fucking fun movie well that's the best part about the last action hero is the soundtrack yeah the soundtrack is fucking amazing then it's even better than the movie <laughs> but with this i mean obviously they didn't start doing soundtracks until a couple of years later when they figured out that they could start adding in you know acdc or whoever or yeah like dirty dancing and shit and, and yeah they they could really start making money off of soundtracks by instead of having composers make make the music use already existing music yeah so that's all part of this you know like the merchandising thing which they didn't get for at least let's see star wars came out in 77 so really 10 years. It took him 10 years to catch up with the idea that merchandising is a good fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, especially with music and stuff like that. Well, anyways, uh, Tom Selleck and, and Gene Simmons fist fight. Gene Simmons falls. His robots kill him. You know, And then they got to do the stupid Friday the 13th thing where Tom Selleck goes down to check on Gene Simmons' character, right? And he, he, he pops up and grabs ah. him, you know? Yeah. Ugh. 
and then he falls dead. So <laughs> it's it's kind of like you know what it is. It's kind of like Die Hard in a sense. It almost ends the same exact way, you know, w- with few exceptions. Yeah. There's no killer robots in the end of Die Hard, but still falling off a skyscraper, a big fight in a skyscraper. Yeah. You know, a bad guy that is trying to hold, you know, an entire city ransom because of one thing or another. He's just trying, he's a fucking, you know, money thief, you know. Uh, overall, I don't have to start doing these fucking things better, but overall, <laughs> I enjoyed this movie. It's one of those, again, as you said, popcorn movie. Yeah. It's not. It's not one of those movies that you really get bored by because Tom Selleck is an interesting character. He, you know, he's a single father. Yeah. And then, of course, he, you know, gets he gets the chick at the end, Cynthia Rhodes, who's his partner. Is this written by Crichton as well? Yeah, written and directed by Crichton. Okay. This is, think- now, it's not a book. It's not based off of anything. It was a, a screenplay, screenplay. Okay. written and directed by Michael Crichton, just like Westworld was. Oh, you know what? I mean, Crichton, dude, he, he was good at... He had some really cool ideas, man, so... You know, you know what's funny is I I always forget about this, but the premise for Jurassic Park is very similar to the premise for Westworld. You know, where the the attractions come to life and start to kill. Yeah, he he was a big fan of this this idea of inanimate objects. Yeah, coming to life like in the whole yeah in the whole science behind whether it's you know the he was big into technology. Yeah, and and the scientific idea that you could have these droids. You know whether whether or not it's like a C three PO R two D two thing, yeah, or you know like you have a fucking toaster that can walk over to you and serve you toast, you know something as simple as that. All of that is what he was just really interested in, yeah, um, uh, uh, as well as medical stuff. But <clears throat> unfortunately, he's dead now, and uh, we only have well, he's kind of, actually there's a book coming out this year. Yeah, wasn't there one that you didn't have that was finished or something? Yeah, well, no, it's it's not finished. It was there was notes and like a, a synopsis, and they're having someone else finish up the book. But so kind of like Tolkien's Unfinished Tales. Yeah, kind of like that. But Tolkien's Unfinished Tales were finished by his son. Yeah, this is not finished by Michael Crichton Jr. or whoever. Yeah, this is finished by some other author that you know because they found they found some stuff on his on his laptop or on his computer. Yeah. So it's kind of like when uh, Spielberg came in and finished uh, uh, artificial intelligence for uh, for Kubrick. Yeah. yeah. See, this is how I would do it though. If I die, I want my I want my computers attached to erased. If exactly, <laughs> I want my computers to be attached to whatever my 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 body functions are, yeah. so that when my heart rate when but it has to be after a certain amount of time. Yeah. After five minutes, if my heart rate doesn't restart after five minutes, because there could be glitches, yeah. maybe 10, then my computers will fucking erase themselves or somehow blow themselves up. Like Martin Sheen's character or, in Spawn? Or burn the fucking house down. Because <laughs> I don't want to, I don't, you know. You better edit that out. <laughs> Why? People don't need to know you got stuff on your computer. Oh, no. I mean, just, I have... I have fucking tons of stuff I've written. I don't want it out. Why not? Because I don't want anybody to know. That's selfish. Yes, it is. Because I wrote it for myself. I have tons of I have tons of private documents uh-huh. and tons of stuff I've written. It's not just the stuff that I've written. It's the private documents. Okay. The legal stuff. All right, well. That, that is no one else's business but my own. Erase, erase, erase. <laughs> 
Well, just make sure you put it in a will. I'm not going to put it in No. Write on a I'm, fucking paper towel, then. I don't know. What the fuck? Were you, were you bleeding? No, I got crap on my arm. Because you eat while you wear your sweater. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, Basically, I can. you can probably get a program that will automatically erase your computer after a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, at at age 99, the fucking <laughs> the computer just turns on. You know, you're going to Y2K your shit? Yeah. Fucking the computer just turns on. Like somebody else bought the computer, right? Yeah. They're not aware that it wasn't, that nobody really fucking uh, uh, erased all the shit on there. Yeah. But this program is just fucking latent. And it's been, you know, deeply embedded. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. It just pops up and goes, hi, fuckers. <laughs> you know, and, and they're like, "What the, what the hell?" And then all of a sudden, goes, "Bye." <laughs> it just wipes the whole fucking thing. <laughs> Have a nice day. You didn't say the magic word or whatever. Yeah. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. All right. So there are those are our flicks of the week. Yeah, man. it's a. Re- this is a highly recommended one. If you have never seen this movie or you don't remember watching this movie because it was done by Michael Crichton. And um, like I said, S- Tom Selleck's not a bad actor. Uh, even in, like if you watch um, fucking uh, Magnum P.U. P.I. Yeah. Uh, it's a fun, mo- fun TV show to watch because he's really good in it. I'm just glad he was never fucking Indiana Jones. Look, I, I, I like Tom Selleck, man. There was a movie of his um, uh, from like 1989 called uh, An Innocent Man. And it's where he gets uh, framed for a murder by these two corrupt cops, uh-huh. and he's stuck. And most of the movie, he's stuck in prison. Uh-huh. That, he was really good in that, and uh-huh. I've seen him in the you know, other thing. My grandma loves him on Blue Bloods, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know he was banging Courtney Cox on Friends for mm-hmm. a little first season or two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. And then he had the mustache, mm-hmm. and then he's Jesse Stone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there we go. All right, so uh, let's hop into some Oscar shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oscars. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's get in the fucking Oscars, Mike. I don't really want to talk about the Oscars. Who fucking cares about the Oscars? Well, so I would do a quick thingy. Because there's certain movies that we both liked or loved that, that are getting some recognition. And I, I, I you know, I want to talk about it, man. You know, a little pinado. Who little, gives a fuck? All right. So, yeah, there was eight movies nominated for Best Picture. And so. not one of them was. Or nine. One, two, three. Two of them we've seen. Okay. So. And the other one should have been nominated. You know, hold on. Hold on a second. This is another movie that we're probably not going to go see, but I, I, I my my th- views on things are changing a little bit. When I saw, I didn't know about La La Land, and then I saw a trailer for it the other day. I kind of wanted to see it, but and I don't. To be I honest, seen it playing anywhere. To be honest with you, I felt energetic watching the trailer. It it brought me back into the love of movies, you know. The whole singing in the rain thing, or 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 something like, like normally I I'm not that's not my thing. It's not, but this grand showing this, this, the reason why movies were made, you know, that's what that La La Land kind of represents to me. Right. The energy to it, the the vibe, the just the fun of a musical, and that's why I the movie I can tell a movie like that. Makes me want to, you know, shows that there's still movies that we can all fall in love with. All right, so um, yeah, um, <laughs> you motherfucker, will you stop it? What? You're just like fast forwarding through the goddamn credits, trying to read that shit. All right, 
So, all right, nine movies have been um, that are are up for best picture. All right, um, Hell or High Water, good for them, good right. on them. All right, Arri- Arrival, uh-huh. all right, good on them on that one. Hacksaw Ridge, another good one. Um, Manchester by the Sea, we did not see that movie. Um, yeah, I, I didn't want, I didn't care. For yeah, it. you know what? It's fine. That's fine because I mean, look, I'm going to tell you right now because. Hollywood is on this whole yeah. politically correct yep. black versus white versus Latino thing. Uh-huh. So they're making it look like it's it, instead of just. They're trying to look diversified. Yeah. Just because they and they like this. They love this. Oh, well, we're going to nominate. And don't get me wrong. We're going to nominate these people. And by these people, I mean we're going to nominate these people. Right. Not any color, race, or creed. Yeah. But instead of doing that, they say, oh, we're going to make sure that we nominate the shit out of black people to make sure that we let everyone know that we are just like normal people and we're so diversified and we're so... We we are the average Joe. So you would, you, would you call hey, that... Put that um, in there. Um, oh, God damn. Damn it! What is that called? They're on their fucking high horse, dude. No, 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 no. I know that. I, that's not what I mean. It, um, what's the thing called where you give you like a like a black guy applies for a job and then a white guy applies for a job? You give it to the black guy. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking. What's that about. called? It just escaped me too. Um, people are yelling at their fucking radios. I know, because <laughs> I know it. I fucking know it. I know the term. It starts with an A. It's not reverse discrimination. Uh, it's um. It's uh. What do you call it? It's uh. Action something. Yeah, action. I know. It's, uh. <laughs> God damn it! The fucking word won't come up. <laughs> Approximation. Appro- uh, uh, affirmative action. <laughs> affirmative action. <laughs> affirmative. Yes. Um. So this is they're doing like an affirmative action for <laughs> <laughs> so, We're so fucking stupid. I know. All right, uh, but th- that's that's how I see it. All they're doing, they're, it's not affirmative action. What they're doing is they're saying we're just like America. Look, and, and this is my problem. I don't want to just pick a pick out a single race, but they're doing it. They're they're the the, the fucking academy's doing it themselves. Yeah. Uh, what I want to say is that yeah, that's it's completely fucking racist. If ten movies came out. In a year, because you know there's a total of up to ten nominations they can do for best picture. I'll tell you what: if ten black movies came out in one year, and all ten of those were better than anything else I saw that year, yeah, then I agree that all of those should be up for best picture. Absolutely. But also, it's subjective, so that's that's a difficult thing to say. I'm telling you right now that Fences is going to win the Academy Award. I, I think it's going to be La La Land. Everyone's on this La La Land kick. Nope, Fences. You know why? Why? Black people. Uh, then it'll be Hidden Figures. Nope. Because it'll, it'll be women and it'll be hidden. Denzel figures. Washington. Hillary didn't win the fucking nom- win the presidency. Doesn't so matter. So they're going to give it to a fucking... Denzel give- Washington. Denzel might win for best actor. Sure. Which, again, it, Fences is supposed to be a really good movie. Yeah. I'm not going to see it because I'm not into those types of movies. Yeah, so we saw three of the, the nine nominee- nominees for best picture. But La La Land is not going to win. Arrival's not going to win. Hell or High Water's not going to win. My guess is it's between hidden figures and fences, again, because of the politically correct thing yeah. and not because of anything else because, again, this is Hollywood separating races. This yeah. is this is a fucking, this is fucking bullshit. I'm, I'm calling it out right now yeah. because you cannot call yourself 
a diversified business uh-huh. if you consistently call out that you are nominating or giving specific races. I don't care if you're white, black, yellow, fucking purple. I don't care if you're a goddamn Martian, whatever color, race, creed. You cannot tell me that this is not fucking racist. This is complete racism because they feel guilty because Donald Trump won and not Hillary Clinton won. Yeah. And because Obama is leaving. This is all political. This is political racism. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. The best actors should be nominated regardless. Yeah. And by picking out and saying these 16 people, these 16 black people, mind you, because that is fucking right. It, it is in what top stories. Oscar nominations 2017, 14 for La La Land and six for black actors. Black actors. Fuck you. They're fucking actors. Yeah. This fucking garbage. Look, dude, this, I can break it down for you really simply. If there wasn't still racism in this country, there wouldn't be a Black History Month. It would just be part of history. Yeah, it should be history. It is, yeah, it's and, not, and not that, black that's my history. Point. My point, yeah, that's my point. Is the fact that we have to create a month for Black History that shows that we don't that there's still racism. You don't it, fucking get it. Yeah, history the, is the history. People, the people that are in the media don't get it. No, they they just don't understand. They 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 live on this fucking separate planet uh-huh. that believes in 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 these black and white. No pun intended, but this black and white yeah. world where you know there is no gray. There's either good or bad, but we're doing good by pointing out that black actors, six black actors have been nominated. Well, what about the 50 Latino people that should have been nominated? Yeah. Or the Chinese people that should have been nominated or you see what I'm saying? Oh, I totally understand what you're saying. I'm glad. So I just refuse to watch the fucking Academy Awards. I'm glad that I, I'm not one of in those positions of those people that do this shit. I... I wonder how, you know what I would say that they probably feel empty. It's the fucking media, but they dude. don't. You know why they don't? Because they convince themselves that what they're doing is right. Yeah, they feel fulfilled in their lives. Yeah, their self justifications. Um, of they're segregating us. They are purposely segregating us, but acting like they're not. You just found out about this? No, no, no. I'm I'm just speaking it out. I'm just saying it. I've known this for fucking years. They've been doing it for hundreds of years, dude. I I understand. It's just funny because it's they cultural war. It's just funny because they try to make it look like they're 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 being racially sensitive. Okay, and but anyway, we've we've harped on this enough. Let's. All right, so I haven't seen Fences, so I don't know how good Denzel is in that. But I'll tell you what, Denzel's fucking awesome anyway. So whatever. Uh, uh, look, uh, do we haven't seen any of the best actor nominees except for Andrew Garfield in uh, Hacksaw Ridge, and he was good in that. I don't. He, does he deserve his nomination? Uh, that, I, that's subjective because he was really good, but I'm not a huge Andrew Garfield fan. Yeah, so. I uh, his weird fucking yeah his his mouth his bee sting mouth. <laughs> you, you know when he gets stung in the face? Yeah. Or, or no, his Novocaine mouth. Yeah. He looked like he had Novocaine mouth. Yeah. There's always the same look on his face whether he was in the ba- in With battle or being yelled at. In my mouth. In, in his lips or he's just like <laughs> yeah. uh, like he's about to cry. I bet you like this Ruth Nega. Um she's up for uh, best actress. Yeah, she was in a movie um Loving. Yes. And um that I that's a, 
that's really good. I mean, she went from doing whatever she was doing. She was doing to, Agents of Shield. Well, before that though. Yeah, and then now and then she's on Preacher, and yeah. Yeah, that's right. She was on Preacher. Yeah. Um, Dennis Villeneuve. Yeah, Denny Villeneuve. Yeah, Villeneuve. <laughs> Denny Villeneuve. Villeneuve. I, I I saw how it's pronounced. Trust me. Okay. I looked it up. Right. It's Villeneuve. You, uh-huh. It's pronounced Villeneuve. Uh huh. Okay. Denny Villeneuve. <laughs> it's not Villeneuve. Is up for best director for Arrival. Um, I, Damien Chazelle. I think that's for Lion or some shit. I don't know. But um, Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman for but, Jackie. Oh, that's correct. So Mel Gibson's up for, up for best director. See Michael Shannon. See you. You're nice and quiet for a few years. You don't make any waves, and Hollywood will let you come back in. They'll let you come back. They always let you come back. <laughs> Gives a fuck. Look, look, Jeff Bridges. Yeah. So um, Jeff Bridges is up for best supporting actor. Um, you know who they snubbed that pissed me off? Uh, John fucking Goodman for Ten Cloverfield Lane. He, he should, was really good. In that. He was god. You know who they snubbed? Awesome. Deadpool. <laughs> Deadpool should have been nominated for a fucking mo- for an Oscar. That movie. Look, the Oscars shouldn't be about football or baseball or yeah. hockey. Okay, you have multiple teams, and at the end of the year, yeah, you have the best teams that are well, the best teams supposedly. Yeah, not always, but the teams that have made it through, whether it's by luck or by skill. Yeah, to the end. Where you have two teams facing off against each other in the World Series or in the NHL Championship Series or w- the Super Bowl or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to say those words because we could be sued by... The big game. Yeah. I don't care. Let's call it the big game. Nope. No, I'm, I'm not saying us. I'll say Super Bowl all fucking day long. Yeah. I'm saying everyone on, on the radio and everything calls it the big yeah, game. Yeah, you could suck my dick because I ain't paying you a fucking penny. So... When you have all of these championship games, right? NBA, baseball, football. Now, in this this coming year, uh, um, the two best teams for for football are yeah. playing. The two best teams for baseball play, the Cubs and the Indians. Great, great series. The Indians were just phenomenal, but the Cubs won. They came up short. Yep. Um, basketball. I don't know who's going to be. Who it was last year? I can't remember. Doesn't matter. Golden State and somebody, I think. Yeah, Golden State and Cleveland. Yeah. And then um, NHL, which I can never remember. So <laughs> it's either Chicago or Boston or Detroit, whoever. So when my point being is this: when you have when you have the best, right, mm-hmm. and the most talked about, why isn't that like the Academy Awards? Why why can't they nominate? Fucking Deadpool. Wasn't there something that they did this year? It was the first time that they've ever done for nominating something. It was a foreign film or an animated feature? I can't remember. Kubo in the Two Strings. Uh, the Lobster. I know that uh, Finding Dory was uh, snubbed. Uh, but uh, Finding Dory wasn't a movie that should have been. It's not. I mean, for an animated feature or for original screenplay or what? No, for best animated feature. Because Kubo and the Two Strings is much better movie, but Zootopia got in, so who knows? And if you scroll left a little bit, you'll see the other one, Moana. Yeah, Moana. Yeah, so it's two Disney movies are still in that shit. Yeah, I'm just trying to find there. There is something about the Academy Awards this year where it was the first time for something, and I don't care to looking it up because I'm not watching the fucking Academy Awards, and I don't give a shit. First time six black actors are nominated. No, <laughs> there was something else. I just fuck with you. 
<clears throat> well, obviously that, but I mean, there was it was about a movie. Or, Piper, the short film Piper was up, is up for best animated yeah, short. That's good. But, Sing uh, for best short film, but not inner workings. Rogue One is up for best visual effects. Doctor Strange. Yeah. Jungle Book. Jungle, dude, Jungle Book should be because the entire film was made inside of a studio. Ah, uh, but and, Kubo and the Two Strings is all fucking stop animation, stop motion animation. Good, good for them. It's going to win. Kubo is going to take a lot of these. Anything that it's up for for um, effects and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's going. It should win. I think this is the one. I am not your Negro. That's one of the 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 big ones right there for documentary. Yep. Okay. There's just a lot of fucking Giorgio or Gregorini. Gregorini. So, uh, and then the, uh, there's the Razzies. Right. Okay. Um, the Razzies are... Batman versus Superman. I can understand them wanting to do Batman v. Superman, but Batman v. Superman is not one of the worst movies of the year. It's yes, just, it is. And no, it's an extreme disappointment. It's one of the fucking worst movies of the year, dude. It really is. But it, it's up there in nominations. I think only one other movie. Zoolander two. Yeah. <laughs> so, these these most of these movies were on, are on our bottom list. All right. So worst picture. Um, BVS. Yeah. Batman, Superman, Dirty Grandpa, Gods <laughs> of Egypt. We never saw that. I'm glad we didn't. No. Hillary's America: The Secret History of the Democratic. Yeah. Anything negative about liberals, um, you know they're going to have uh, they're going to talk shit about. Really, Gods of Egypt. It's one thing to be a bad movie and rest assured it's terrible. God of Egypt doubles as one of the worst instances of Hollywood whitewashing. Again, with this fucking whitewashing, who cares? Just make the movie. You don't need to. Just because white people are playing these characters doesn't mean anything other than white people are playing these characters. You sure? Because. I've got a problem with Troy Aikman trying to be Jay-Z. <laughs> he's not playing a character, though. He's playing <laughs> Troy Aikman. All right. He's not trying to play Jay-Z. He fucking looks like him, though. I know. That's but what weird. I'm saying is, is that, again, the media likes to portray this shit as whitewashing or whatever. It's not fucking whitewashing. They're just hiring actors. Shut the fuck up, you self-righteous cunts. Exodus. Anyways, Egyptian God, the, the Gods of Egypt is not as bad as Independence Day 2 or Zoolander 2. Probably not, but I haven't seen it, so I'm, I'm, I got to. But worst actor, Robert De Niro, seriously, for Dirty Grandpa? That movie was fucking funny. How about Ben Stiller in Zoolander 2? Well, I can see that because that movie was fucking horrible. And he his and, character. And Ben Affleck and Batman vs. Superman. Sorry, Ben Affleck no, was a good one. He was a good fucking Bruce Wayne. That's bullshit. He was like the only good thing about that movie. Well, Gerard Butler is going to win because he's getting fucking hammered in two movies, Gods of Egypt and London Has Fallen. <laughs> you can't have two bad actresses. Oh, Megan Fox, worst actress. There it is. Which is funny because she was way worse in the first Ninja Turtle movie. But yeah, Julie Roberts for Mother's Day. Uh, Naomi Watts for Divergence. Uh, Shailene Woodley in the Divergent series, which fucking just shit the bucket. <laughs> worst supporting actress. Aubrey Plaza for Dirty Grandpa. She was funny in that. Celia Ward. She was the president's wife or some shit, or you know, or she was she was like the new president. Oh, she was the new president. Remember? Yeah, she, yeah. Worst supporting actor. Johnny Depp. I watched Alice Through the Looking Glass last night. That is not a bad movie. It's not that well, great, but Johnny Depp was fine in it. Will Ferrell and Zoolander too. He's the one that carried that fucking movie. I know Jesse Eisenberg. Jerry can- Jared Leto. Yeah. Leto and Suicide. Sorry, no. No, that was a committed performance. But Jesse Eisenberg, there we go. Owen Wilson for Zoolander 2. 
So yeah, some of those are just off. The, the those seem like the the just fun, convenient um, picks to you know. Oh, because people didn't like it, so we're just gonna anything with Tyler Perry is collateral <laughs> beauty for more on the disastrous somehow captivating mess. Worst screen combo, I guess. Collateral beauty. Uh, Riverdale, which is Archie Comics. Oh, who gives a shit? Worst director. Dinesh D'Souza and Bruce Schooley for Hillary's America, Roland Emmerich, Tyler Perry, Alex Proyas, Zack Snyder, or Ben Stiller. Worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel. I just asked you who the fucking, who should win the worst director. Worst director, um, I would say uh, Roland Emmerich. Yep, right with you. Worst prequel, remake, ripoff, of sequel. Um, Alice through the Wonder Glass. Alice is not a bad movie, so I'm not going to go there. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I haven't seen Fifty Shades of Black. Nobody um, gives a shit about that. That's a funny. Movie. That's a comedy anyway. Um, dude, it has to go to Independence Day again. I'd say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Worst screenplay. What? These are all the same fucking things. Just all you have to do is replace either Suicide Squad with with um, Zoolander Two and. Gods of Egypt with fucking Independence Day. Yeah. And Dirty Grandpa. Worst screenplay. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Worst screenplay, I would probably say uh, Independence yeah. Day or uh, or BVS. Well, Suicide Squad was pretty bad, too, at times. But at least it was entertaining in that style. Should have just gone to the Razzie's home instead of that, because yeah. those guys are fucking garbage. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can deal with this because the page just loads, you know? Yeah. I don't have to worry about it. I can just do this, right? Ugh. Fuck you. Oh, that's <laughs> right. I can't do this because I have to sign in the Facebook. Fuck them. Is this where we are? All right. Well, I've had enough. <laughs> so, yeah, it seems like the, the favorite punching bags for the Razzies are Zoolander... Gods of Egypt and Batman v Superman. All right. Worst picture, worst actor. It's all the same. Yeah, it's pretty much all the same. Divergent series. Again, the Razzies, the Razzies just seem to not care anymore because there's more movies than this, and I don't understand nominations per picture. It's, I'm just sorry. How the fuck is Blair Witch not in there at all? Yeah, please. Whatever. How is Ghostbusters not in there at all? Yeah. Holy shit. Ghostbusters should be fucking in there for worst screenplay. Oh, you know why? Political correctness. Black people? No, an all-female cast. Oh. They're not going to touch that one. See? <laughs> not going to touch it. They're not going to fucking touch it. They're not even going to touch it with a you know, a nuclear uh, accelerator on their pad. What the fuck is this? That's Putin and Seagal, dude. That's the next fucking movie right there. That's the next blockbuster. <laughs> That's an awful fucking... <laughs> stupid looking. The face, though, is fucking... It's just funny, the face. It's not. It's just... It's <laughs> <laughs> The Trump and Putin. Anyways. <laughs> I, I, you know, if a treaty collapses, you know what they call it? No. Kaputin. <laughs> All right, let's get some movies, uh, some new, uh, quick news shit out of the way. All right. Um, oh, really? Some quick news shit out of the way? Yeah. How fucking long? We've been going at this for two hours. Greatest fucking episode ever. And you know this. What time is man. it? Man, it's time to it's fucking, fucking get into fucking news. Late. It's time for news. All right, so 
I guess a year ago, I didn't know about this, but Gareth Edwards walked away from doing the Godzilla sequel. Oh, my God. I don't remember that. So, anyway, it was announced today. You don't remember that when we talked about it, when he took over for Rogue One and said, I'm not doing Godzilla 2 because I'm doing a Star Wars movie? No, 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 no. I remember him, them delaying them doing a Godzilla sequel so he could do the Star Wars movie and then come back and do Godzilla Right, 2. and he said, no, I'm not going to do that. So, anyway, Michael Daugherty, who is the director for our favorite film from last year, Krampus, is going to be directing Godzilla Part 2. I read that, and I'm like, ugh. You uh, know, uh, I, I'm going to give it a chance because yeah. Krampus wasn't shitty. It had some great fucking ideas. Yeah. But if he... I could see look. him. I could see him doing Godzilla. I like the look of it. Right, Krampus looked good, but that's Zack Snyder, dude. Looks good, but isn't good. You know, I. So, it wasn't terrible. So okay, now it comes out. the 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 release date for Godzilla Part Two is going to be for March of 2019. Um, now I did not know this, but it's supposed to be to lead into the connection with uh, Kong Skull Island, where they're going to have Godzilla versus King Kong. And that's going to come out the next year in 2020. And uh, I believe uh, in, uh, I think, March of 2020? I don't know. Anyway, I did not know that, that they're going to have Godzilla versus King Kong. But Kong Skull Island is supposed to be connected to it. Okay. So that's why they're doing it, supposedly. Sure. I don't know. All right. The uh, the second what, trailer for Logan came out. And I saw the ex- I saw both. But I the one you got to see is the extended Red Band trailer. Because, of course, it's got the profanity in it, which works so goddamn well. Uh, There are trailers that come along that just fucking hook you in. Some are just cool, and they're like, okay, you got my attention. But there's some that you're like, if the movie is like this fucking trailer, it's going to be awesome. This trailer's awesome because of the whole whole thing, man. It's the music that's playing with it. Uh, the just the scenes that they're showing, the dialogue, uh, the humor. Holy shit, the sense of humor that's in this looks fucking great. You know, starts off with her stealing fucking Pringles in the in the store, right? And the, and then you know Logan grabs her and yanks her out of the store, and and just that part where they send in a guy after her, after you know they they're calling her Agent Twenty Three or whatever, right? Weapon Twenty Three or something. Um. When they send her in and send him in to get her, and then she comes out by herself, and you know that she killed the dude, and then the bad guy keeps saying no to her. He's all, no, no, right? Like she's a fucking puppy. It's funnier and shit. And this movie's going to be dark. It's going to be, you know that people are going to die in it, and it's going to be sad, but it's also going to have a sense of humor to it, and it's going to fucking rock. And it ends on a perfect note where you have, you have Professor Xavier saying, and I'm fucking 90. <laughs> Just hilarious. Well done trailer. It hypes me up for the fucking movie, and the movie better pay off because of it. Okay. You saw it, right? Where, no. where, where's your feedback? I know you look, I look, I know we're at two hours and you're like, we need to just end this, but come on, man. Where's your feedback? Where's your look? I don't feedback? have any feedback. You do you like it? I liked them both. I like both the trailers that I saw. Well, where's your verbal boner? I don't have one. For boner. I don't have one. All right, fine. You know why? Why? Fox. Yeah. I don't want to fuck up your whole, your your mental boner for, for Logan. I know. But again, 
Just saying. But Mangold also did Wolverine, the Wolverine. I'm just saying. And the whole the first two acts were great. Just saying. Fox. Although there's rumor that Deadpool is going to be in this. Uh-huh. That's there's a massive rumor and that Wolverine will be in the new Deadpool too. What about Pierce Brosnan's cable? I don't know. I don't know if Pierce Brosnan is playing cable. I know. There lot, there was a lot of rumor about um cuz they're, they're in the movie. Those three are going to be in the movie. It's yeah. just who Pierce Brosnan's playing. Yeah. The, everyone's all, oh, he's going to be Cable. Right? And then people are pissed off like, oh, we want Stephen Lang yeah, to be Yeah, fuck, cable. I want Stephen Lang, motherfucker. I know, Stephen Lang looks perfect, man. Yeah. All right, so anyway, uh, <laughs> Alien 5 news. Uh, I don't buy anything that's coming out of Neil Blomkamp's mouth about Alien 5 and it being slim. From what I understand, um, Ridley Scott... Sorry, I didn't mean to... That's Okay. Uh, Ridley Scott said a year ago that um, he wanted Alien 5 to be delayed so that he can get uh, Covenant out first, which is the Prometheus sequel. Which is going to happen. Yeah. And so, I mean, and, and Covenant's done. So it's coming out in a couple months. So right. um, I don't care what the hype is about, you know, or the lack of hype because of Chappie, you know, failing and shit like that. People already got on this train about how excited they were of the concept art for for Alien Five. They've hired everybody. They Sigourney Weaver's coming back. Lance Henriksen's coming back. Michael, Michael Bean is coming back. Is coming back. Yeah. So so if you have all these people, and my guess is that they do have all these people on a contract. Um, the Neil Blomkamp saying Slim is bullshit. He's waiting for Alien Covenant. Yeah. To to perform. So he can get the okay, or maybe Ridley Scott wants to be involved with that as well. Yeah, because I mean, he's not directing Blade, Blade Runner. Right, he's so, just producing it. Yeah, I I think it's either a ploy, or he just had forgot to take his Zoloft that morning. Okay, it's and a so ploy. He had a depressing fucking twi- you know tweet. All right, so all right, so Alien Five should just I, he I believe, got cunty. Yeah, all right. Last thing uh, for news. Uh, there's an independent film that's coming out in uh, oh. March of this year, and it's called Colossal. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it stars oh. it stars Anne Hathaway, and it's really weird. This it's fuck, really weird. This is the fucking premise. She gets drunk one night and she's stumbling around, and she, she passes out. And at the same time, she's like in New York City, and it goes back, she goes and watches the news, and then the same night, the night before, a giant fucking kaiju, quote unquote, or monster, like Godzilla-like monster. You got Jason Sudeikis attacks, in it. Attacks, uh, you know, a city in Tokyo or something, right? Right. Well, come to find out, this is the twist of the movie. She finds out, because she's watching the monster t- attack live on TV, when she moves... The monster moves exactly like her. <laughs> so what it what it is is she's the monster. Like she's like controlling the monster like an avatar. Oh, okay. And so it's fucking stupid, but it looks funny because Sudeikis is in it and her reactions to it are very, very independent filmish. So we're gonna look at the trailer real quick. Soul. Korea, yeah. I fell asleep. <laughs> that is funny. I was just standing there. 
That's a good fucking premise, man. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that trailer today when I was fucking you know doing my show prep. It's dancing like I had to I like I gotta talk about it. I gotta talk about it. So yeah, that movie's coming out in uh, May. It's independent film, so I don't know how big it's gonna be. All right, but uh, I don't care. We have to see it. Yeah, it's also got Tim Blake Nelson in it as well. All right, so that's all I got this week for uh, Cinescapes uh, movie review. For- oh, um, if you're into Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, Good Omens is coming. Plus, um, American Gods, and there's another book of ter- of Neil Gaiman's that's coming out. Uh, on HBO or Showtime or something like that. I can't remember the name of it, but I'll have that for you next week. Also, this week there is a interesting documentary called uh, "Beware of Slenderman" that came. Beware out, of Slenderman yeah, came on HBO. It's about it's it's a it's a documentary about the two girls who um, stabbed their best friend nineteen times because they thought that it would appease to Slenderman, the oh. Slenderman character. Right and. Uh, Slenderman, of course, is not real, but this really did happen, and the documentary is very good. I watched it last night, um, and it goes between the families, the two families of the daughters that did the stabbing. It doesn't go to the family of the girl that got stabbed, but and but it, it just shows the insight into these families and what it's doing to them and, and the court system and process, and it's very... I, I kept wanting to stop watching it because it's two hours long, but... Dude, I just kept going and kept going, and I was like, it just it keeps your interest the whole entire time, and it shows all this mythology with Slender Man and stuff too. So it's cool. It's it's a, it's a good documentary to see. Beware of Slender Man. Cool. HBO. All, all right. right. So uh, the next movie that we will be seeing on Cinescape Movie Reviews is going to be you don't Resident, even know Resident either. Evil: The Final Chapter. I fucking know. I fucking know. God damn it. You sure about that? Yeah, there was a delay. Yeah, no. Resident Evil comes out on the 27th. So, I yeah. still don't want to see Spilt. Split. Split. Okay. So we will be seeing that movie, and we'll let you know how it is. I hope it's better than the fucking last one. Uh, we'll let you know. Okay. So, Cinescape Movie Reviews, Joe Spiegel. Mike Sonnen. Couple of Average Joes. Bye. Why? <laughs> Why are you going to say a couple of Average Joes? I just, it's a part of my heart, bro. Good show! Jolly good show! Jolly good show indeed! Hakuna Matata, bitches! Well, that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. And please remember, share the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. What is it, Joe? Yeah. You see that little button over there? Yeah? Yes. All you what do button? The little share button. Which button is that? It says share. Sometimes it's a little arrow that goes in a circle. Regardless. It's there. Or more. So share. Share. Share that podcast. Click that shit. <laughs> it's simple. Please. We put we do put some work into this. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not as much as we should. But still, all you have to do is click the share button. Yeah. Click anything that says share. Like on our movie reviews, there's a Facebook share and a Google Plus. Pick one. We S- prefer Facebook, but you know. Spread the love. Help us grow. Spread the love, and we will spread our legs open for you. No, we won't. I take showers. Well, what is that one? Show the balls? <laughs> open your balls. Open your balls. <laughs>
So, uh, yeah, share, share, the, share the show. Share the hell out of it. <laughs> share. <laughs> Give her some love. I sound like little Nicky. <laughs> Have a good night. Share. This is the end. This is the end. Finito! The end, I tell you! We're all going to nibble the dust! Or go fuck yourself.